Uh, the more and more that I uh, hear the news today and the things that are taking place, I've never seen the, the persecution and the ridicule of the Christian faith more in my lifetime. I'm 60 years old. I've never heard it worse than I have and I hear today about the persecution and the, uh, the things of the Christian faith being ridiculed. This is what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 1.18. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Now I can say that another word. For the preaching of the cross to the unbeliever is foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. I'm telling you, I place my hope, I place my life, everything of what it comes from this word right here. That is going to be the judgment of God. As we look today at the scriptures, we're going to find out that when the death angel came, is one of the plagues into Egypt, one of the death angel came and it saw the blood. Keep this in mind. When it saw the blood on the doorpost, the death angel passed over and there was no harm in that house. This is something that happened some 35, 4,000 years ago. Something like that. And the message that was given that day is just as important today. The death angel still appears. We just, we just saw it take place here in just the last week. We've had mentioned about four or five this morning that have come to death in their physical bodies, but many of those that we've mentioned this morning, the blood of Jesus Christ was on their hearts. And when that death angel came, I want you to know they did not experience death. They just simply moved their life from this earth to a life in a place called heaven. And that is exactly what Jesus has done on the cross for us, and we're going to look at that in just a second. I want us to, to look in at, when we examine the history of the Bible, this is what we find, is that God created man because God loved mankind. God loved mankind. When we look in 1 John uh, chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Now, I want to make this statement, and I, I think most of us will understand this statement. Because God is love, there is nothing that you can do that, that's going to make God love you more. The day that I surrendered to preach, God didn't go, oh, I just love Him so much more now that He surrendered to preach. I want you to know, God loved me completely and totally before I surrendered to preach, he loved me completely and totally before I was saved. I can do nothing to make God love me more. But I want you to watch this. The man that stands on the street corner and points his finger to God and blasphemes and curse God, I want you to know he can do all of that all day long and God will not love him any less either. And the reason we know that is so is because God is love. He can't Help himself. He loves you. He can't help himself. He loves you. He can't help himself. He loves you. So when we look back and we look at the beginning of Genesis, I want you to know God had a relationship. Now, understand this. God's love for you never changes. But what we do in our life does affect our relationship with God. 
Adam and Eve had a relationship with God in the very beginning and they walked and talked with God in the, in the cool of the evening and that's the kind of relationship they had. And then God uh, saw that they had sinned against Him and it broke that relationship. God didn't love them any less, but God still desired to have a relationship with them and He made a way to have a relationship with them. Time went on and, and God uh, allowed man to serve Him through their consciousness. Okay? And what we see is that the Bible says man's consciousness before Noah's time, it says every imagination and every thought was only on evil. And God says, oh my goodness, I love them. I desire to have a relationship with them. And that's when God sent the flood and it brought judgment on the earth because He loved us so much. He wanted to give us a second chance, all of mankind. And he'd established a governmental system. You find that in Genesis chapter 9. And God desired to love them and have a relationship with them. And, and you'll remember the story about the Tower of Babel. God told them to go and populate the earth and they refused and they chose to serve their different gods in their own way. And God says, oh, looking to the sun, he said, what are we going to do? If we just let them continue like this, they're, they're going to... They're going to mess everything up. He says, let us confuse their languages. So God confused their languages, thinking that they could still come and have a relationship with God, and they still, mankind still refused. But God continued to love us. So this is what God has done. God said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to reach the world. I'm going to reach all of mankind I'm going to take one group of people. I'm going to take one group of people out of the whole world and I'm going to show them that there is a God through this one group of people. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to bless the whole world and all of the families of the world through this one group of people and that group of people is going to be the Israelites. That's why we read in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 7 it says this, the Lord did not set His love upon you, talking about the Israelites, nor chose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because He would keep the oath which He had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out of them with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. In other words, He was saying, listen, I have chosen you from the seed of Abraham. Abraham was the first, I guess what you could call the first Israelite. This is, what, this is the promise God made Abraham. Listen to this. He says, Now the Lord hath said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. Now this great nation he's talking about is the nation of Israel. And I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be blessed. And I will bless them that bless you, and curse them that curse you, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. If you're here this morning, and you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to know you have been blessed, and God has fulfilled right here this oath that he gave or this covenant that he gave to Abraham, he said, listen, 
Through you and through your seed, I'm going to bring a blessing that affects every family in all the earth. And that is through Jesus Christ. That is how the whole world has received a blessing from this single nation of Israel. The single nation of Israel. God has chosen them to show the world that He loves them. Now we've mentioned this payment, this, this debt that was owed. We, we talked about redemption. Let's look at this simple little story or this event that took place back when the nation of Israel was in bondage under Egypt. I think most of us know this event. I'm not going to go into the details about how they've been in bondage for over 400 years and God has sent Moses to set the people free from Egypt. We know that the plague that I'm fixing to refer to is the tenth plague. God has given Pharaoh nine opportunities to let the nation of Israel go. He is redeeming them. He is about to pay the price for them. Just like all the songs that we've just mentioned this morning. And this is what he tells them to do. Now don't fall asleep on me. We're fixing to read about 12 verses here. Look in Exodus chapter 12. This is where this event takes place. Exodus chapter 12. And I want you to know, you've you've probably heard me say this before, the Old Testament shows shadows of the cross. The thing that took place on Mount Calvary some 2,500 years after this event is exactly what this event is talking about. So listen to these words. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron into the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year too, of, of the year uh, to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying unto the, the tenth day of the month, They shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house, and if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep and from the goats. You shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Now I want you to know we have, we have spoken so much just in those few verses that we've read. Did you notice what he said? He said, listen, what we're about to do is going to, it's going to, your whole year is going to change. Your year starts from right here. When we perform this sacrificing of this lamb and put the blood on the doorpost, your whole new year begins. Do you know what we call that in the New Testament? We've been born again. Listen, I had lived nine years on this earth before I was born again. My whole life started over. I was not the same person anymore. This is what he's saying. Listen, your whole world's going to change. We're going to start your whole new year right after this. And then he says, he said, listen, I want you to take a lamb. I want it to be for the whole family. I want you to know Jesus has come and died for your whole family. I read so many times in the Scriptures where a man in the house gets saved and then the whole family gets saved. Praise God. Man, we should see more of that taking place in the world today. Another Scripture says, uh, 
uh, it says that they can take uh, the, the lamb, and it says you shall keep it until the 14th day, and the whole assembly shall kill it in the evening. Do you remember when Jesus died on the cross? What was it? It was in the evening. It was 3 o'clock that afternoon before Jesus was died. I want you to know this depicts and tells the story of Jesus on the cross. This event right here. Pick up in uh, verse number 7. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two door post, the two side post, and on the upper door post of the house wherein they shall eat. In other words, it was up and across. Up and across. A picture of the cross. And they shall eat the flesh in the night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden of it with water, but roast it with fire, the head and the legs, and with the uh, uh, pretense thereof. And, and you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. I, I could preach on that one verse for an hour. And thus shall you eat it, with your loins girded, and your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Why in the world did he say, now don't sit down, you go stand at the table, you eat it with your loins girded, your staff in your hands, your shoes on, ready to go. Because he is fixing to give them a promise. He is fixing to set them free. Listen, born again children of God, Man, we ought to be ready right now for the Lord to return and come and take us away in the sky at the rapture. We should be prepared. We should be ready. We should be looking. We should be anxious for His return. Man, if we're not prepared, if He catches us sitting, man, we're not going to be appreciative of that. He tells them, He said, listen, I am fixing to redeem you. I'm fixing to set you free. You get ready. Be prepared. Then he says in verse 12, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will exercise judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood. Heard that song? When I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. Hear what he said. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. My goodness gracious. This, the message of the song service this morning has explained it all. He paid a debt. He, he made the sacrifice. He did it because He loved us. He gave us opportunity to accept it or reject it. And that's where we are today. I want you to know the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel, this, I hope you understand, this nation of Israel was a very rebellious people. You can see that when they get out into the, the uh, going to the promised land. Man, they just belly ached and whined and told them, hey, let us go back to Egypt where they're making us throw our babies in the river and uh, making us work and uh, just bad conditions. I want you to know 
there were some in the nation of Israel that said, I don't think Moses knows what he's talking about and I ain't going to go through all this rigmarole about killing a lamb and putting the blood on the door. I've never heard of such. You want to know? They suffered the consequences that night because there was no blood on the doorpost. I want to warn every single one of us and I want to warn every single one of us listening. Jesus came and He died on the cross. Whether you think that silliness or foolishness or not, understand, one day the death angel is going to pass over. Judgment will come into our lives. And if the Lord Jesus sees the blood of Jesus Christ on the souls or the doorposts of our souls, He will pass over and we will have eternal life. But the Bible also declares that the judgment of God without the blood of Jesus on our life, He says He's going to open that book in Revelation chapter 20, and He says, Those whose names were not found written in the Lamb's book of life shall be thrown into the lake of fire. We read these words from, I believe, the only truth that's left in the world today. We read these words from God's Word. My prayer this morning is that you will take this message and heed the invitation of salvation that comes freely through Jesus Christ. Let's stand together. Father, I just want to simply thank you this morning for your son Jesus. I want to thank you for the sacrifice that you made by sending your son Jesus to die for our sins, completing the payment for all of sin in all the world. I just simply want to say thank you. And this morning, I just want to offer and extend that invitation to anyone that might hear these words this morning, that Jesus saves. Jesus saves. God, I pray that many will have their life uh, turned around this morning as a result of this message. We give this time of invitation to you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing, I Surrender All.